Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Today's topic is spiritual principles and the journey home. We've talked about psychological healing, sexual healing, and it really is important that we come to terms with ourselves as spiritual beings and recognizing across faith traditions there are major principles that will help us on the journey home. And so let us begin by taking a moment of silent reflection, centering in on our breath, having gratitude and appreciation for this moment. There are those who came before us who did not have the luxury of stillness, the luxury of healing, the luxury of reflecting on themselves. And so this moment is a gift, a gift that has been set up by their sacrifices and a gift that you have chosen to make use of. There are many who are running around trying to do it their way, which is often repeating the same cycles of the past But I honor you, spirit woman, spirit man, I honor you that you have chosen to show up for yourself. And there are, across our various spiritual and religious traditions, a number of key principles that will help us return to ourselves, recover ourselves, heal ourselves. The first principle I want to teach you about is simplicity. I know sometimes culturally we like to be extra and we celebrate being extra and there is a place for that. I love bright colors, I love music, I love uh, being dramatic to a certain extent. Uh, But there is a gift in discovering that none of the extra is what makes me. And sometimes in that place of loss, in that place of despair, I come face to face with myself. And so after everything that has been lost and everything that has been taken, you reorder your priorities. Some of the things or people you thought you could not live without, here you are, still breathing, still here. So we get to recognize that materialism is not going to fill me up, that a bunch of uh, name brands is not going to fill me up, that impressing other people is not going to fill me up. I come to that place uh, in Tazaki Shange, wonderful writer, And that name means she who comes with her own things. (laughs) I mean, come on and celebrate in this moment, 
not the things anybody had to give you, not the things you had to borrow, not trying to ride somebody else's coattails, not looking for uh, justification outside of yourself, but that here you come, here you come bringing, carrying, possessing your own things. And when I talk about my own things, it is my core and my spirit, and I celebrate who I am on the inside, even uh, with the difficulties, the frailties, the imperfections, it's all me. And so getting uh, to that place, whether because things were removed or because you have removed them, where you can be simply enough, where your presence is enough, your voice, is enough your gifts are enough this moment is enough that I make a decision in the simplicity to live in the now to live in the present many times we are caught up in regret about the past or anxiety about the future But in a spiritual practice, I recognize the sacredness of now, this moment, that now is more than what has been done in my past, what I have done in my past. Now is more than what I dream or hope for the future, but that I embrace the sacredness of this moment. Often we are so busy hurrying, trying to get somewhere, trying to become someone that we, that we miss the beauty of right now. And while it is valuable to have goals and to have dreams, I wonder if you're able to accept yourself in your present condition. I wonder if even you can celebrate yourself in your present condition. And so with simplicity and showing up in the present moment, we start to reconnect with who we are on the inside. Another important spiritual principle is connectivity, that we are connected with all living beings. And that shatters this sense of isolation. It comes up against the lies and the myths that make me believe no one will ever understand me or get me or appreciate me. But when I realize that each person, each living being is a reflection, is a component is a a branch in this same tree. And when I can shift my understanding about how much we are connected with each other, that can help to lighten the load because I recognize I'm not actually in it by myself. Some of us are walking around like we have the weight of the world on our shoulders And I'm not saying that hypothetically, I know what that feels like to really be in that place where you feel responsible for everything, 
and feel like you're carrying everything. But when you get into that new revelation that we are all interconnected, that I am in you and you are in me, that it's not for me to try to save it all or to try to carry it all, but it really is about collective presence collective presence, this sense of community, this sense of relationship, this sense of awareness beyond myself, that I no longer sit with a narrow view of me against the world or me over here by myself trying to figure it out, but that we are all walking it out some crawling, some dragging, some are on the path laying still, and bless you as we lay there. <laughs> uh, some have gotten to a place where they're running, some are jumping, some are leaping, but we are all in this process of unfolding. We are all in this process of becoming, and so I can be gracious when I see another sister or brother, I can be gracious that even when I don't know the whole story, I recognize we all have a story. And I can also extend that grace to myself that it's not everyone else has permission for uh, challenges or difficulties and I have to be a superhero. Know that we are all sacred beings having a human experience, including me. So I can give myself a break. I can, and is that not uh, a spiritual gift to give myself permission to release? A part of this notion of uh, both simplicity and connectedness is recognizing the value in being still. So some will talk about this as mindfulness, and I want you to know there is secular mindfulness, there is Buddhist mindfulness, there is Christian mindfulness. Um, other traditions will call it contemplative practice, and it is choosing to be still and silent on purpose, choosing to take sacred pause. And the radical, the revolutionary thing about that is in our culture, we are taught that our worth is in being busy, constantly moving. Everybody's telling you to grind. Everybody's telling you uh, that your effort is a reflection of your worth. But from a spiritual place, we understand the scripture, be still. <laughs> be still and know. And there are, there are some levels of knowing that I can't get when I'm in a frantic state of busyness, striving, trying to prove myself to the world, trying to prove myself to me. But what a miracle it is in this culture, in this society, to say, I am revolutionary enough to give myself permission to sit still. That people will say, what are you doing? Nothing, absolutely nothing. <laughs> and in nothing, it is everything. So not only being still, but another important spiritual principle is generosity. Generosity, when we have a scarcity mentality, uh, when we have 
a, a scarcity or a stingy mentality. It is living from a place of panic and from a place of never enough. And that can create the hoarding and the clinging uh, and the uh, over protection versus being able to actually open my heart and share of myself and share what I have with those that are around me. When I begin coming home to myself, I no longer have to frantically hold on to everything. I don't have to be mean-spirited and fight everybody. I don't have to approach each day as a battle. I can release. So for you to come home to yourself on today, I wonder what you need to surrender. Sometimes we have been fighting for something so long we don't even know why we're fighting. We're just in a fight, in the fight for our lives. And while it is important to fight or work for some things, it is also an important spiritual principle to know when to let go, to know when to surrender, to know when to yield, to know when to release. I wonder on today if you can take sacred pause and consider what have I been chasing that I no longer need to pursue? What have I been hungry and thirsty for that in my heart of hearts I know will not fulfill me? What am I willing to shift directions about, away from and toward? Where do I want to put my focus and my attention? Another important spiritual principle is non-judgment. We talked before about feeling our feelings and not judging our feelings, but just becoming aware of them. Uh, can I tell you, we are so hard on ourselves. When I run uh, support groups and do group therapy, uh, we often, really always, set ground rules. And we usually set ground rules about how we're going to speak to each other, um, how we're going to respect each other's experiences, each other's perceptions, uh, each other's values from a place of recognizing we are not clones. But can I tell you in all of the groups that I have run, what has been more uh, prevalent is not us disrespecting each other, but us dishonoring ourselves, us condemning ourselves us judging ourselves. And so we get to a place spiritually of I am going to accept myself as a beautiful work in progress. I am coming home to myself and even on this journey where I am right now that I'm not going to beat myself up about where I am in the process, because it's a process. And as we've said previously, when you look at your life story, where you are now will make sense. Often we judge ourselves harshly by comparing ourselves to other people who did not start where we started, who were not given the baggage that we are carrying, 
who are not us. So we have to take our gaze out of other people's lanes and place it inward. To look inward so that I can stop being mad at me. Oh my goodness. What a gift it will be when you take yourself out of time out. You can have a fulfilling life if you would take yourself off of punishment. I wonder on today if you can extend yourself grace, acceptance, love, even with all the stuff. I'm talking about the parts of your story that nobody else knows or very few people know, the things that you're embarrassed about, the ways that you let yourself down. I wonder if on today, from a spiritual place, you can say, I give myself permission to turn the page. I give myself permission hmm, to turn the page. And so we get to that place of generosity. We get to that place of connection. We get to that place of living in the present moment. I get to that place of non-judgment or non-condemnation. And then we also have an important uh, principle of the beginner's mind. And the beginner's mind is what it's called in mindfulness. Uh, in Christianity, it's described as in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to enter like a child, right? So this notion of being open and curious and teachable. Can I tell you, when we are a know-it-all, we can never get any farther than we are right now. It's not only other people that don't that do not like a know-it-all, we actually sabotage ourselves when we act like we have it all together all the time and that no one can tell us anything. Oh, but when I get to that place of humility, when I get to that place of wonder, when I get to that place of openness to new, then from that place I can grow. From that place I can grow. And isn't it so much easier than always pretending to have it all and to know it all? But when we adopt this posture of humility and patience, that's when I begin to shed the cocoon. And that's when I start to see my own wings, not the fake ones. See, sometimes when we're trying to uh, act like we know it all and have it all, we are flying with fake wings, which will not take you very far because we have not given ourselves the process of growth and of development. So I slow down and I acknowledge what I don't know. And I'm willing to say when I don't know, oh, it's a beautiful gift to be able to say, I really have no idea. <laughs> and those moments in our lives when I don't know what's next. You know, there's a time when we have everything planned out. I'm going to do this. 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 And then you get to some moments in your life where I don't really know. I'm not really sure. 
I feel like I'm along for the ride. <laughs> I am watching the unfolding. And that requires a level of trust, a level of trust in the process. And that's what healing is. Any therapist, any social worker, any pastoral counselor, any psychologist has to believe that we can be more than we are right now. It's an act of faith. It's a leap of faith that we come in presenting all these symptoms, all of these problems. We talk about all of the difficulties we have faced in life. And yet, because I am able to see what is not yet manifested, I am clear down to my bones that more is possible. And so it is an issue of trust and an issue of faith. So along with these spiritual principles, I want to tell you some spiritual or religious practices. And one of the practices that can help you on the journey home is meditation. There are different types of meditation. Uh, some are just focusing on your breath. Some are focused on a mantra, a word, or an image. Uh, some even are guided meditations. But the key part of a meditation is silencing the anxiety in my mind, the franticness in my spirit and in my body, and giving myself permission to be still so that I can reconnect with me. And for those who are uh, believers in a higher power, meditation is also a time to connect with God. And so being still, not with an agenda, not with a list of petitions or requests, but just being still in that presence and that holy, sacred presence. Not only is meditation an important spiritual or religious practice or discipline, but also prayer. So an important piece for you to know about prayer, prayer is actually conversation with God or with your creator. Now, an important part about conversation is it cannot be one-sided. And many of us uh, who come from prayer traditions were taught all the things you're supposed to say. So there are some traditional categories such as worship, praise, thanksgiving, requesting forgiveness for sins, uh, listing petitions or intercession, praying for other people. Uh, but all of those lists miss a very important part, and that is the listening and the being still. Your relationship with the creator is meant to be uh, two-sided. So it is not just that I come with, these are all my demands. These are all the things that I want. And, uh, and then I'm finished, I've given my list. But when we recognize that God, Spirit, wants to speak back to us, has something to say to us, then I have to give myself pause and space to hear what I have not been hearing in the busyness. And people hear God in different ways. Uh, few people hear an audible voice. Some people, a thought just comes. 
Some people hear God in uh, themes that continue to show up, or they hear God in another person speaking or sharing. Uh, Some people hear God in their dreams and visions. And so learning how you hear, learning about your spiritual ears are an important part of your journey home. Because when I don't uh, have the capacity We have the capacity when I have not practiced, when I have not fine-tuned my spiritual ears, then I am always uh, looking for other people to tell me what I'm supposed to do. And I'm always polling uh, other people about what's, what's next. And one of the difficulties with that is there are some people Um, who have negative intentions. And uh, if I am looking to them to tell me the truth, then I can miss it. So it's really important that you sharpen your spiritual ears, your spiritual eyes, so that you can tap in and connect in that way. Not only do we have meditation and prayer, Uh, But another spiritual practice or religious discipline is fasting. Um, The most traditional form of fasting is fasting from food. Um, But there are other types of fasting. Some people take a social media fast um, or a phone fast or a dating fast. So I am turning away from some things, uh, television fast, uh, in order to tune into my spirit. So it's not just about being hungry, and it's not the same thing as being on a diet, right? So I am turning away from one thing and turning toward nurturing, nourishing my spirit. And so fasting can be uh, an important way of really getting my priorities in order. It can be an important way of tuning out uh, the nonsense because we can get we get filled with a lot of nonsense all day long so sometimes I have to step away I have to step away and step within step away from the nonsense the mess even the confusion so I can get some clarity and so being still and being present and turning away from distraction to sharpen uh, my spiritual Uh, attunement. Another spiritual practice or religious discipline is gathering in communities of other believers. So this is not just the Lone Ranger, right? This is not just me by myself, um, and it's not only me and the Creator, but there is uh, beauty that comes from, some people call it fellowship, uh, some people will call it uh, community. Some people um, will call it, there, there's a scripture that says iron sharpens iron, right? Or deep calls to deep. And so I reflect what I am around. So if my spiritual growth and my journey toward myself is a priority for me, it will help me to commune with people who also value that. And so finding those who uh, connect with those same goals or values or priorities can enhance 
my journey home. So we talked before, actually in our second episode about check your circle, and I encourage you to revisit this idea of who is spiritually walking with you? Who is, and if, and if no one, what are you willing to do to try to reach out and connect with people who may have uh, a similar path or a similar interest in nurturing and growing uh, their spiritual wings and coming home to themselves in that way. Another spiritual practice, which often is not acknowledged as one, uh, is justice work, activism, right? So one of the components of God, one of the qualities of God is not only love, but also justice. And so if I have a value in reflecting the qualities of the creator, so we are made in the image and likeness of God, then it is also a value for me, love and justice. And so when I work to make things just, when I work to make things right, when I speak up to make the world better, that's a spiritual practice. So it's not either or. Some people have this idea of, oh, I'm so spiritual, I'm not of this world. I'm so spiritual, I'm not interested in what's happening around me. Oh, but authentic spirituality comes from a place of compassion. And when I am in a place of compassion, then I am moved, I am called to work toward safety for others, including myself, to work toward justice, to work toward love. So these are all uh, spiritual traditions, uh, religious disciplines, and they can help us as we start to move toward ourselves, defining ourselves as spiritual beings. And I want to give you one last non-traditional spiritual practice, and that is the expressive arts. If you ever talk to an artist about the things that are considered their masterpiece, many times what they will say is, I don't know where it came from. It was just a download, right? I, the poem wrote itself. The song wrote itself. I don't, the, the picture painted itself. Uh, our artistry is spiritual. It comes from, it can come from a spiritual place. And so it is not surprising that mental health professionals have found the expressive arts to be an important tool for healing. And so with children and also with adults, making collages, singing songs, getting up and moving, writing stories, writing raps, all of those uh, can be a spiritual download and a way for me to connect with myself if I am not creating the art to impress somebody or I'm not creating the art to try to be like something I'm not. But when I approach it from a place of openness, 
when I approach it from a place of openness and let myself be an instrument for what will come, uh, then the arts can be a beautiful, beautiful spiritual practice. And so I bless you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I speak peace to your spirit. I send loving kindness to you, to your wounds, to your memories. I send to you an awareness that you are not in it by yourself, that you are not in it by yourself. And so I hope in this moment that you can let love in. I hope in this moment that you can let truth show up. Because when you get to a place of accepting truth, you will experience a freedom. And it is my desire for you, those who want to get home to yourselves, is that you will tell yourself the truth today, that you will send love to yourself, that you will receive love for yourself, and that in this moment, your soul will tell your heart, mind, body, spirit, welcome home. Mm-hmm.